Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. I know I'm a little late to this one, but I started watching Leah Remini's docuseries, Scientology and the Aftermath, on Netflix just last week. Watching these families and listening to their stories of how blind loyalty to a belief system just tore them apart is, was really heartbreaking and, frankly, mind-boggling. It was so easy to sit back and judge them for allowing themselves to get sucked into letting other humans have such power and influence over their lives, so much so that they were willing to disconnect with their own families if they didn't share their same beliefs. Some of them who even wanted to leave didn't because they just got too comfortable. The organization became their everything, their livelihood, their shelter, their food, their community, even their identity. They became loyal to a fault. It was in that moment, though, of my judginess that I saw it. I thought, oh my gosh, we are all guilty of this. I'm sure you're thinking, no way that could ever happen to me. I don't have a cult survivor's tale to tell, and these are rare and extreme examples. But the simple truth is that people give away their power to think for themselves and their belief in themselves every single day. I'm sure you've heard the saying, how do you boil a frog? You don't throw him into a boiling pot of water. He will just jump out. You put him in a comfortable temperature of water and then slowly turn up the heat. If we each took an honest, hard look at ourselves, are we 100% sure we're not allowing this to happen in some aspect of our lives? So let's just step away from Tom Cruise's peeps for a minute and apply the similar thinking to a more familiar situation to most of us, organizational loyalty. Our parents and our grandparents love to talk about how back in the day, you know, things were so much better. Back in the day, companies were loyal to their people. They say things like, you would get a job at a company. You stayed there until you got your gold watch and retired. Companies just aren't loyal to their people anymore. Such a shame. I am sorry to have to be the one to shatter that illusion, but in my opinion, company loyalty to its people never actually existed. What they're describing isn't loyalty. The gold watch is incentive to work hard and stick around. Companies, especially manufacturing ones, realized it was more cost-effective to keep people who were already trained and loyal to them. This helped them avoid turnover, meaning they didn't have to spend time and money in talent acquisition and training new people and convincing them what a great place this is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And when people became complacent, I'm sorry, I mean comfortable, they could take a little away here and there, a benefit out here, a change in policy there, and people either didn't really notice or they became so comfortable they convinced themselves that, well, they couldn't get any better anywhere else anyway or 
do any better. And gosh, I'm too old to start over somewhere else. I'd have to prove myself again. That's just too exhausting sounding. I'd be up against people half my age. They became so complacent that they didn't even realize their own worth anymore. So likely they weren't going to ask for raises or promotions because they're just happy to have a secure job. The company also helped convince them that they were lucky to be there and lucky to be employed by them. They would find themselves defending every company decision. Oh, well, that's okay that we don't have that program anymore. We get free coffee in the break area. Then imagine the turmoil that ensued when a plant actually closed down or a workforce reduction took place. When you turn up the heat a little at a time to boil that frog, it's no different than people slowly giving away their power to a company or a leader or an organization of any kind and slowly sip in the Kool-Aid at the corporate picnic so much so that they are both blindly loyal and have lost their own identity and don't even realize it. How do I know? Well, because I've been there. I've worked for the same company for 25 years. Same company, but different jobs, different departments, and even different geographic locations. And do I appreciate and feel blessed by the opportunities I've been given? Absolutely. And obviously, I enjoy it, or I wouldn't be there if I didn't. And I've sought different opportunities when I wanted to keep learning and growing and expanding my network and trying new things. But I have also fought many, many times over losing my identity by putting my self-worth into my job, my occupation. I still struggle with putting my job first over my health, my family, and wasn't until I had a really exceptionally bad leader that I finally woke up to the fact that I was putting my self-worth into what other people and the leaders I worked for specifically thought of me. And frankly, that's not being a leader myself. That's giving the power of our leadership away to another person. I don't care what title or position someone has. We're all human beings. And frankly, it's on me. It's on you. If we choose to allow someone else's opinion of us dictate our value, our worth, our unique abilities and strengths. Not to be confused. Please do not confuse this with on-the-job skill building and feedback. But even the feedback is not something to be blindly taken and accepted and beat yourself over the head with. It's to be assessed and applied. And part of that assessment should be the person's motives of who is giving it to you. Oftentimes, we don't even realize this is happening until your world gets turned upside down. I've been connecting with family and friends who right now are enduring really tough realities of being furloughed, laid off from jobs, or their business struggling in these crazy COVID times. Some are really depressed, pulling through with side hustles or job searches, but every single one of them is asking, why me? Was I not valued? Did I not work hard enough? Do enough? Be enough? But I did work so hard. I gave it my all, my heart, my soul. Why me? They're spiraling into feelings of self-doubt, self-loathing, feeling non-essential, which, by the way, is the worst word word that anyone had ever chosen to use ever and should never be used to describe people or even the jobs that they do. So what if we just changed our perspective a bit? Another human being or beings made a decision that workforce had to be cut, trimmed down, reduced, delayed, whatever. They tell their people. Their people tell their people. It trickles down the chain of command. The initial decision wasn't personal, wasn't made with you personally in mind. Now, we could debate for days on whether or not role elimination, furloughs or workforce reductions are right, wrong, necessary, unnecessary. And of course, I have opinions like anyone else does. 
but that's not my message this week. Regardless of that, it still happens and will continue to happen. The point is to maintain a healthy perspective about your value and the ability to stay eyes wide open regardless if that happens to you or not. Because we don't know what the future holds. None of us do. None of us have a magic eight ball that actually tells us something accurate. I know this is easier said than done. And sadly for some of you listening to this, it's already happened to you. And it's gut-wrenching, scary, disappointing, and life-changing. And I am not trying to minimize the real sucky feelings around something like this. I've also heard from some people that it often ends up being the kick that they need to get out of their comfort zone and follow their true passions too. Of course, usually that's only seen in hindsight. What I am saying though to everyone is let's not wait for something life-changing like that to happen in order to have a healthy perspective about your job and to make sure that you are not blindly being loyal to anyone or any organization while slowly losing you in the process. It is 100% okay to love a brand, the product, the company you work for. It'd be super weird if you worked there and didn't, frankly. And I'm not trying to portray corporations as evil entities. They are businesses and they need to turn a profit to stay in business. Of course, this shouldn't happen at the expense of people and humanity, but that's a topic for another cup of coffee. We have to let go of the outdated perception of company loyalty. A healthy company-employee relationship is a mutually beneficial relationship. I work hard for you, leaders recognize me, company invests in me, and helps you both. You get new skills and grow, come up with new ideas for the company. You take your experience within the company, keep growing together. And when you want to do something new and different, ideally the company's leaders are there to help you stretch, move around, try new things. Again, investing in each other, it's mutually beneficial. Ideally, this is a fairly balanced relationship, which we know can get out of whack at times. But focus on what you can control. Nobody is forcing you to stay in a job, whether you think you have golden handcuffs or not. I know some of you may work for small organizations, have very specialized expertise, or you might be entrepreneurs or leaders in nonprofits and churches. So in terms of internal mobility, this may look a little different to you than it does in bigger companies and corporations. But the concept is the same in any organization. Decisions to move on, change jobs, try something new should be supported by any type of leader you have. And for entrepreneurs, leading yourself is even harder. You have to continue to take a hard look at yourself, your customers, and staff, and keep growing and cultivating to keep up with the ever-evolving marketplace. All right, ready for three sips? Here we go. First sip. Power is not in the purse strings. You are so much more than your job. Your team members and your teammates are so much more than their jobs and their functions too. Be the leader you would want and help them see that they are also more than the tasks on a checklist and meetings on a calendar. I wish we could change our perspective of quote-unquote career to this. Your current job or role is a moment in time. Your career is the entire journey of your work life. Stop thinking about your job as something the company does for you and start looking at your job as your choice and something that you can do for you and for a company because it's your choice to be there. Stop telling yourself you have no choice because you have a family to feed. You 100% have a choice in what you do to make ends meet. Make sure you are continuing to grow in your job and the mutually beneficial relationship with your employer doesn't get out of whack. And if it does, that's your choice to take action. 
I love this quote by Trent Shelton. You accepted less because you thought a little was better than nothing. Know your worth. Second sip. Your worth does not lie in the opinion of others. Your value and your worth cannot be quantified by any other human being. I don't care what someone in a position or title says or what fancy system they're using. In his book, Nine Lies About Work, A Free-Thinking Leader's Guide to the Real World, Marcus Buckingham says that most of our experience at work is mediated through the lie that people can reliably rate other people. How you are selected, how you are promoted, how you are paid, how you are developed, and possibly how you are terminated all depends on someone else's view or rating of you. Unfortunately, people are not reliable raters of other people. The main reason is called the idiosyncratic rater effect, and it works like this. When I rate you, over 60% of your rating is about me, not you. Now, many people think that combining my rating of you with several other or many other people's ratings of you will somehow reveal the truth, but that's also wrong. Just like noise plus noise will never equal a signal, bad data plus bad data will only ever equal more bad data. And how often do we get ourselves down about a performance review or a rating? Even if your company has this process, I'm only saying keep it in perspective. Your value, your worth, your abilities, your uniqueness lies within you, and others' opinions include their own filters, their own biases, and their own observations. Take it humbly for what it's worth to improve your role, improve your function, but don't let it chip away at your self-image and self-esteem. Final sip, help others grow and go. I can't tell you how many leaders I've talked to or even had that take it so personally when someone from their team leaves for another job. Don't. We are all on different life paths, and some of us just want to change things up sometimes. And great leaders should support their people and help them to get where they want to go no matter what. I wish this was more accepted by leaders. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, but sometimes I do leave jobs because I have a crappy leader. Well, that's true. People leave people, 100%. So if someone on your team wants to move on, definitely ask why. Get to the heart of the motive. If they say the motive is to grow, do something new, do something different, support them, help them. And if they have the courage to say it's about you, well, listen and learn. Also, please don't write someone off for promotions and opportunities because they may have expressed interest in another area or department. That's as bad as the Scientologist disconnecting from family members because they've decided to leave, another, leave their church or go to another one. Haven't you ever dreamed a new dream or set a new goal? While you're working on making that happen, it shouldn't be held against you in your current job as long as you're still performing well. Yes, losing talent is a bummer, sure, but keeping someone who wants to move on isn't going to make them want to stay, only resent. Appreciate the time you work together and cheer them on from afar. Besides, it's a super small world and you never know when your paths will cross again. You know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was the hope that people will see the powerful opportunity they have to step up and be leaders in any role they have in life. That leadership is not about position or title. It's about behavior. Behavior built on character. Character built on the central value of helping others grow and fulfill their God-given potential, purpose, and passions to make the world around them better than before they were in it. Leaders have the ability to shape minds and influence people, and that is a great thing when it's done for the betterment of the person and the team. 
but not when it's used by power-hungry people with selfish goals intent to foster blind loyalty or followings. Sometimes there are wolves in sheep's clothing, so we have to make sure we and the people in our charge remain empowered with a voice, the ability to think and speak up for themselves, allowed to bring them their authentic selves to work every day, and that they are valued first and foremost for who they are before what they do. Avoid the slow boil and make it a cold brew. Thank you so much for having a cup of coffee with me. Join my Leadership's Facebook page for more conversation. And for daily inspiration, follow me at Leadspirations and Life is Grit on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, keep on brewing.